Um, that's why I brought that up. Um, okay. Just so you're aware, baseball, softball, cricket, lacrosse, squash, and flag football are all part of it. Squash and flag football are making their debut. Squash. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, so. Okay, I can make that funny. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's roll into this and uh, see what we got here. And with that opening song, you know what time it is. It's time for the Stack Podcast, presented by Performance Pickleball RVA. I'm Joe, joined as always by Mr. John Laser across the table from me. And uh, today, it's not as nice as it was when we were recording last week outside. Today was a very good example of... Uh, and a, a feeling of, man, I can't wait for performance to open up because we played this morning at 7.30 at Bryan Park with the wind cutting through all of our layers, uh, 49 degrees, and we made it work. Uh, it took a, about a game to get warmed up, but, man, if we just had performance, we could have walked right in. It would be warm, play with shorts and a T-shirt. It would have been fantastic. So uh, the weather is helping us out, John, when it comes to performance. Well, today was the day for people to text me and make that joke, right? Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if someone was building an indoor pickleball facility? Oh, and of yes. course, the secondary joke is, hurry the hell up over there. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right. Because it was pretty miserable uh, this morning in terms of the wind. I know that Steve, the performance pug, who was born in April and hasn't really experienced these environs, does not like uh, going outside ah, in this weather. Yeah. So, Did not um, think about that. And my wife, Renee, does not enjoy taking him outside <laughs> in this weather. So, yeah, a lot of factors pointing in the direction of December mm-hmm. and the colder climate and weather coming in. And that does remind us uh, to get our butts moving uh, and get this thing open. Well, that will lead me to ask, are we still on schedule? Things are moving. You, post, you posted about the gel being here, which is fantastic news. So we've got to be close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're definitely getting close. And, you know, as I've said a number of times on this podcast, we're through all the the major hurdles that would have been sticking points. Mm -hmm. You get to a level with any of these things where some of it is administrative uh, with your permitting and your inspections and all of those things. And I don't like to count chickens before they hatch or in this case, uh, health inspections and liquor licenses. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, we're to the point where December 1st is still the target date for a soft public opening and will remain that date um and anything beyond that is not going to be anything that would be longer than a few days at this point so uh paradise period is period coming period uh which i hope people understand like my stupid humor on social (laughs) media (laughs) because that's obviously a playoff game of thrones winter is coming right Uh, paradise is coming i think most people have gotten it um we just need to put uh what a John Stark, whatever his first name was, put him in like some a bathing suit for paradise, and then well, I think Jon Snow would have been the one or, that or, people yeah. would want to see that. Ned Stark, the Ned. patriarch, it didn't end well for him in season <laughs> one. That's a good so, point. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair, fair point, fair point. Well, glad to hear that things are still on track. Uh, certainly, everyone listening is going to be uh, happy to hear about that. And please follow Performance on social media if you don't already to get those updates as they come in. More will be coming. More time-lapse is on the way. I- I'm actually getting things that look exciting on a time-lapse for video. So uh, people will enjoy seeing the courts come together, I'm sure. I cannot wait to see this time-lapse video. <laughs> and when it comes out, and it's going to be a few minutes, right? Right, yeah. I want people to understand how much of his life Joe Hutzler <laughs> and at times his beautiful fiance Heather have devoted to positioning the camera to make that happen during some uncertain construction mm-hmm. and pointing in a direction that was actually a paint zone <laughs> uh, when it was supposed to be a safe zone. I actually ran into your camera the other day because I didn't realize you had put it oh. on that column, and I tried to put it back. Uh, okay. where it was. I don't know. That explains it. it. But, yeah, okay. this is going to be the most elaborate and f- most fantastic time-lapse <laughs> video of all time. Lots of days where I set up and nothing even happened uh, <laughs> we as well. We might have started prematurely. So, yeah, when, yeah. And, wow, look at the power washing. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so cool. And then you'll and probably use like dirty. three seconds. Yeah, we'll just use a little bit of that uh, to, <laughs> to convey where it was and, and the fact that there was all this junk in this room and now... 
uh, beautiful paradise is being uh, put out there for isn't you it, all. Isn't it amazing how many tubs of that gel they dropped off here? I, I really didn't expect it when I walked in. I, I saw your post first and then came in. The post thought, didn't give it. Holy like, smokes, man. It did not provide the relative no. image. Yeah, I mean, it was it an entire 18-wheeler uh, full yeah. of those Incredible, incredible. Yeah, so. I mean, that's high-quality stuff that's going to be uh, super special for anybody who's playing a performance uh, to experience. So hopefully uh, you're able to do that either as a member or non-member. If you're interested in memberships, ppbrva.com is the place to be. Is this the part where I should push people and say that last week I said we were at 68% sold out? Um, that number has increased quite a bit mm. over the last week. So I, I hate to be that uh, – no, I don't. I'm running a business. You should <laughs> sign up now if you don't want to get shut out. Do it. It's just like tournaments, man. It works the same way. You know, people kind of trickle in. I get it. I'm the same way. I'm not going to sign up for going to a movie three months from now when I right. don't know what my schedule is going to be like. But we've kind of opened that one month out window now where it floods in, and then unfortunately the the doors close to a degree. So mm-hmm. I would strongly urge you, if you're thinking about membership, to reserve your spot. And that's all you're doing. You're reserving your spot just so you don't miss out. There's no financial commitment, like I say, and no penalty for dropping. So there's really no reason not to do it mm-hmm. uh, if you're planning on it. And if you have friends who already signed up and now they're wavering, nudge them to not wait or to, to waver more so you can have their spot just in case. Because <laughs> no, that I mean, might be your only chance if, if sold out is someone to not enjoy it and, and give it up. Well, you know, in all sincerity, like we had a meeting this morning about waiting list and, and how we're going to do that. And that's where we're at, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm very grateful for that. I'm appreciative of you and everyone that's helped us with the marketing and the imaging and the building <laughs> more yeah. than anything yeah, of the right. actual facility exactly. and Lee to allow us to get to that point. But uh, we are at that point, which is, which is awesome. A lot of the things that we um, banked on happening um when you can't be certain right you don't know like we'll talk with bill durham about consumer trends from pello and a lot of this is is betting on the things that you think will happen but some of it's pioneering as lee mentioned last week and uh you know there's a lot of stress in the remaining time that we have to make things perfect but there's also a lot of gratitude already in in the excitement level around it no question about that. And and as we move on, you, you mentioned Bill Durham. We're going to talk to him about the ever-changing world of pickleball, which we've, we've already done, and we're going to continue because the trends are always changing. But speaking of that, as we get into the skinny, talking about some of the national uh, conversation that's out there around the sport of pickleball and how it affects uh, those of us here in the RVA area and beyond, uh, another ball has been announced in case you needed more to uh, ponder over as far as what pickleball to play with. Selkirk has announced their Pro S1, which will come out on November 16th. Uh, happy birthday to my sister, November 16th. Uh, happy birthday, Joe's sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second, This is their second time or second go at a pickleball. They had the SLK line, uh, which was an outdoor-specific competition ball. This is supposed to be their pro-level you know, uh, Dura, Yola type of ball. Um, and the only reason I brought it up was because I don't know if you have by now, but I have had a chance to play with the Yola ball. We talked about it a couple episodes uh, with uh, Eric White uh, here on the, the stack. And um, I noticed a major difference. Of course, I'm usually playing outside with a thicker plastic ball because they do tend to last longer. They don't break like the Duras do. Uh, but the playing difference itself was massively uh, different from we were playing singles, then we went to skinnies, then we went to doubles uh, with some folks. <clears throat> and we actually changed the ball to the cheaper, harder, or cheaper, uh, thicker plastic for the doubles. And the way that ball bounced off versus the Yola ball, the, the pro style ball, was uh, a negative for us. You know, it was a major difference. And um, we kind of. We kind of placated to our opponents, thinking we'll just use a cheaper ball and it would be easier for them uh, as well. But I kind of wish we just went with a professional ball so we had even more of an advantage. So we, we enjoyed it once we played with another ball on the same day to really gauge how different that ball was. Not to mention it was about 50-ish degrees, 50, you know, mid-50s. Um, never cracked, never had any issues as far as the temperature either. So we're, we're happy with our experience. Yeah, for the outdoor players which is everybody pretty much uh, in this area with the temperature plummeting this morning it's a good reminder it's no longer dura season the weather may <laughs> turn around and go back up and i don't mean 
not saying that in jest. I mean, I, mm-hmm. people told me that like my first year playing pickleball, and I was like, whatever. You know, I'm gonna buy Dura. Who? That's what we play with. Yeah, it's on the national I stage. I bought four and I cracked them all <laughs> in right. an hour. Yep. Um, yep. At Pouncy, and then I was out whatever that is, twelve bucks, and we were back playing with Franklin. Back which to- we didn't have the options <laughs> that we had. Now, um, no, a couple thoughts on the balls. One, I was actually just talking to Eric White on my way in to record this podcast um, because we made the decision, Tyann Wynn, Christina Shiflet, our pickleball staff, and myself and Lee, uh, just this morning that we are going to use Yola, that new ball, as our instructional ball. So we're going to use that nice. for all of our lessons and clinics and, and things like that. Again, with the Dura, uh, you know, it's still the preferred ball to play, myself included. Uh, but from a durability standpoint, when you're just repeated and drilling and, and those things, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. That Yola ball does. And we know our guy, Eric, he said, man, I sold out of those expletives yesterday. And I'm like, well, I don't need them for like four weeks. And he's all right, man, I'll take care of it. We've got a thousand of them coming down here. Well, and that, that seems to be the major marketing point anymore is durability uh, because of the Well, the and, you know, it's like I go to golf all the time because mm-hmm. I have been in, you know, in, in previous incarnations of myself, been a competitive golfer. <laughs> and it's the same thing. The best ball usually isn't the most durable ball. Uh, I play Titleist. I'm probably not good enough to spend the money for Titleist anymore, but that's the way that my mind works. I've played that since I was uh, competing in high school and college. And it's nowhere near the most durable ball. You, know, you can get a top rock, as we call it, the top flight. It's a terrible ball. Sorry, top flight. And if you start making pickleball stuff, I'll issue a mea culpa and we'll order some <laughs> stuff. But, um, you know, it has no response. It has mm-hmm. no spin. It has nothing like that. But, you know, you can use it for a year unless you whack it on okay. the highway. Okay, fair enough. Unless you – oh, so you've experienced saying, that too, right? For high-level players, I'm not, I'm not sure – oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure durability is as big an issue to your high-level player. I think that's the final point to be made right there. Is, is but Depending on the level, the ball can – you know, the durability of the ball can really make a difference because if you're at the top level – like you said, the ball is not an issue. You or not the durability of a ball is not the problem. You you want it to be fast. You want it to be able to con, to turn when you're trying to, you want it to be uh, put spin you want and it respond. To respond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, moving on to some uh, odd news that I didn't even know was coming or had you know was a thing. <laughs> the World Pickleball Cup is happening like November twelfth. <laughs> uh, so roughly so eleven days from right now, uh, tw- ten days from the podcast coming out. Lima, Peru is where this will be held. There will be 12 countries represented. Uh, If you go to Pickleball Peru's Instagram, you can watch the announcement video. Our own Jonathan Medina Alvarez is in it uh, with a couple other players from Venezuela. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be playing in this, but uh, regardless, more information will be coming about how this can be viewed and um, what this could mean in in terms of a – uh, international competition, and the re- one reason to bring this up is recently the uh, new Olympic sports or the new incoming that aren't always there sports were announced for the uh, LA Olympics in, in a few years. Pickleball was left out, flag football was in for the first time, squash is in for the first time, baseball, softball, cricket, lacrosse, they're all back as they've been in previous uh, Olympics. So, um, Adding to this, there's two, I didn't know this either, there are two international federations for pickleball. They're talking about merging as one because they think that there needs to be one overarching body uh, that governs the sport worldwide in order to better uh, make their case for the 2032 Olympics and put pickleball in there. So I think between this merger conversation and the World Pickleball Cup, kind of a testing ground of of countries battling out, um, could that be in your mind i think it can be a a good way to expand the sport beyond the usa because most likely if we went into that format uh, of country versus country in the olympics you have to assume the u.s would be the more dominant option and, and it may not be as fun to watch well, like most matters, Joe, I have many, many thoughts on all these things. <laughs> <laughs> and you will listen to all of them. I no, will. I will, uh, yes. Not you, so to speak, but my wife will more than likely listen to all of them <laughs> later. Uh, no, I think the combination, the collaboration of organizations is very similar to what we were discussing, I think, on the first or second edition of the stack about the MLP and the PPA coming yes. together. had to happen, and that does need to happen at all levels of the game, really. you got to figure out USA Pickleball's role, of course, in the governance 
of the game. What rules are we playing by? Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps the sport to do that, to just clean up some of that confusion and who's running things and, and who's sanctioning things and who's hosting this and who's hosting that. So I think that's a great thing, and it will remain a great thing for pickleball probably for a number of years, and we're nowhere close to the point where whichever one of those becomes the governing body of pickleball on a global scale becomes like FIFA and it's corrupt and all those different things. <laughs> you know, it's a conversation for a decade right. from now. Uh, that's human nature, unfortunately. But for now, I think that it's a great thing. You're absolutely right. I think the Olympics did the right thing by not including pickleball this time around. And the reason I say that, uh, obviously, I'm someone that wants to see the growth and expansion of pickleball but it is an american-born sport and if you held it right now or had pickleball in it right now it would be an american washout because you know you've got all of pretty much the top 10 uh that would be playing there are some people that you know like jada villiers for example um who who came to america later in in life and could represent his home country uh, in france in that case but i think it'll catch up a lot faster than some other sports just because of the accessibility to playing. Uh, you know, it's not an expensive sport to play. It's not necessarily an expensive sport to build uh, at least playable courts throughout the the world and for countries that don't have the financial means of some of the you know more powerful countries and when it comes to that and and I think it will catch up quickly so I, I think they're targeting 2032 that's mm-hmm. probably the right timeline for those of us that are impatient you know that's only a couple <laughs> of Olympics from now uh, and I think at that point there will be a, a lot more global participation uh, and competition because mm-hmm. without that there's just not a whole lot of intrigue yes. to it and, and you see that with some other sports I applaud the Olympics for being a little bit more experimental than maybe they were 30 or 40 years ago um, and inviting some of these sports in. I think everyone would agree beach volleyball has been a tremendous yeah. addition just because there's so many coastal countries through there. That, and now it's uh, a mainstay. It's exactly, not even absolutely. here and there. It's always in it. Yeah, and you know, for the younger people, they probably just think that's the way that it's always been. Correct. And I think the whole key for uh, an athletic competition like the Olympics Stay true to its tradition, yes, but also to include sports um, that offer that global participation that are not isolated. You know, it's the Winter Olympics has this problem, of course, because it eliminates about 60% of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought I would have been a tremendous bobsledder, but it's like, where am I going to be able to train to do that? <laughs> you know, whereas in yeah. Sweden, they've got apparently a bobsledding run on every corner. Of course. As far I mean, that's how I view Sweden. Um, but, you know, I'm from Minneapolis. Accurate. Like, when they first put curling in, for example, the American team was basically the bar team from my hometown. <laughs> and no joke. Like, they yeah. just got together and played at the pickleball – or like pickleball at the at the curling club mm-hmm. uh, in Chaska, Minnesota. And <laughs> there they are <laughs> with some cool USA coats. Yes. But I think – Very cool. I'm glad Jonathan and them participated in that World, World Cup. I think that's a tremendous idea. I, I think that the more people – the more areas of the world that you can get involved in anything uh, is a great thing. For those of you that are interested, 2032 Olympics is in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, so that's where potentially pickleball could make its debut uh, in just a few short years. It'll be here before we know it. Um, as The is funny thing is things. it probably will be. <laughs> you know, like the pace of things right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah What's be really yeah. interesting is just to see how pickleball grows in that amount of time. You, you and I will be like the Pat yeah. McAfee show and have a big stage in Brisbane, oh, Australia for the yeah. stack, and yes. everyone will know who we are. They'll know, they'll know exactly yeah. who we are. I don't know if I can stand for our podcast, old though. am I going to be 56 or something <laughs> like that, 52? That's prime for pickleball, prime for age. Pickleball. I'm talking about broadcasting. Stack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can you can go uh, broadcasting for a long time, too. So you've got yourself set, man. Broadcasting a pickleball, yeah. you, you can do this for the rest of your life. No problem at all. <laughs> that is the plan as of <laughs> uh, Well, that's all we have for the uh, – skinny and of course that means it's time for our line call and for that we're going to talk to bill durham and now before we get into this this is somebody that that you reached out to me and said hey we got bill lined up for next week obviously there is a uh, component of this where you've already talked to him and pillow's going to be involved with performance they're already involved with jonathan but but what why is it important for uh, him to have a presence here on the podcast and for people to know not just that pillow is around but Here's Bill Durham. He's he's somebody that you can feel like a you got a connection to. He's not just some hoity-toity CEO at the top and never wants to you know come down here and play with us. 
I like to do business with people that I like. And that sounds simple enough. And maybe not even like personally, I do in Bill's case, but I like their mindset in terms of how they want their brand to be represented by whom they want their brand to be represented and how they want to impact things around them, whether that in this case be pickleball or the greater community at large. Um, That is essentially the mission of Lasers Ladybugs. It's what my wife believes in. It's what I believe in. uh, And I believe that Pello believes in that. And, you know, going back to what we were just discussing in terms of the global accessibility to the game and what Jonathan and La Cochina and that great group, Jose and Maria and everybody, Udit and everybody else that are trying to make instruction accessible to non-English speaking players. um, That's fantastic. That's good for everybody. That's a good hearted uh, effort that you can get behind. Um, And Bill carries that into Pello, you know, you call him on his phone and he picks it up and it's real simple conversations. It's, Hey, can, you know, when we were trying to figure out, Hey, we're going to sponsor Jonathan and he's already sponsored by Pello. Would it be mutually beneficial if we were able to use the Pello logo and brand marks on some of our things? Absolutely. It wasn't, let me send that off to my legal team and I'll get back to you in three months. And, uh, (laughs) that's how I operate, whether that's good or bad. Um, sometimes it's bad because you should be meticulous about those things, but I just think there's a kindred spirit to what they're attempting to build and what we're attempting to build. Uh, and particularly, you know, Jonathan's the natural tie into that Jason Renner as well as a pillow player now, uh, and one of our staff professionals. So we will be a pillow shop. We'll have all of their, uh, all of the things that they have already created and will create. We will vend here, of course. Uh, we will also, you know, promote their players. They will be the ones here uh, improving your game. And, and at the end of the day, I, this is the greatest compliment you can give to somebody in, uh, we used to say in baseball all the time, just a great dude. And that's, yeah. uh, and that's what Bill Durham is. Well, let's talk to that great dude right now on the line call. Settle in, relax. Give me a call. All right, with that, let's talk to Bill Durham. He is our line call this week, the founder of Pello Paddles, amongst other endeavors. He's joining us uh, from his office uh, down in, I, I presume, Dallas, Texas, which is Dallas, Texas. You got it. base for, for pretty much everything that uh, comes out of uh, Bill Durham's world. Hey, Bill, before we get into performance-specific conversations, talking about uh, Jonathan and and Jason Renner, I, I'm curious about the journey itself. Everybody has, a, I think, so far, a unique pickleball story because it's not something that everyone is exposed to naturally. So where did the passion to become this involved with a sport like pickleball come from? You know, it's funny. It, it was about two and a half years ago I got invited by a buddy of mine to go play pickleball. Uh, I didn't know what it was. He put together a group of a couple dozen people serving drinks and we went and played at a country club here in Dallas. And um, I, I had a blast. I'm a tennis player. Um, I was out there playing with other tennis players, non-tennis players, older people. And, you know, I realized there's a great sport that you could be competitive in that was fun for everybody to play. And by com- comparison, you know, if I go play tennis with a not tennis player, like neither one of us are going to have fun. Um, pickleball, you can get t- together with anybody and have a great time. So we did that. And uh, I got in my car and I was like, you know, I- I'm going to buy some paddles for the family because this was so awesome. And I got on Amazon and all the paddles that I saw, and this is two, you know, a little over two years ago, but they were all terrible. They had stupid colors and super <laughs> stupid graphics and logos and, you know, in my head, I was like, you know, somebody should just come up with a cool looking paddle, you know, and brand it well. You didn't like the ones with the Falcons and the Eagles on them, like those really cool looking paddles. You didn't like those. <laughs> no, there was like a, like a Jimmy Buffett paddle and like, or Mar- it was a Margaritaville paddle. And yeah, one, of the big, yeah, yeah. one of the big brands made that. And I don't know how what the hell like that was. But uh, yeah, so I just initially the idea was to come up with like a clean, good looking paddle. And. I had the good fortune of, um, of I, I belong to a, a club here. Actually, I quit yesterday. Is my first. This is my first day of not belonging to that. Hmm. But uh, met a, met a great uh, new director of rackets there. His name's Jarrett Tarico, hardcore pickleball guy. Um, 
And you know, I mentioned to Jared that I wanted to make a good looking paddle. And he's like, why don't you make a great paddle? That's good looking. And so the, the, the shit, the focus shifted and he helped me come up with my first series of paddles, um, which we took to market, have a lot of success with. And then, um, Jonathan, uh, helped me with kind of my, you know, the next level of paddles, which is really fun, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. So that's the high level. I just, I thought that there were lots of ugly paddles out there and I wanted to make something good. And then quickly decided I wanted to make something good. That was great or something that looked good. That was a great paddle. Bill, it's fun to hear you say that because honestly, I called you and we've talked a number of times now as we've strengthened our business relationship, but I got off the phone and I said, I like that guy. He's very similar to me in terms of that's why we got into it because we got into it, didn't know what the hell it was, then saw some of the aspects of it where it's like, that doesn't make any sense. We get, we can bring this aspect of life or business over to that. Uh, the expression fortune favors the bold seems to come up around here a lot because we don't have time for boardrooms and caucuses. And if you do that, everyone beats you to the next thing in pickleball. What has that been like? I mean, we talk about this in terms of years or decades. A lot of times brand building takes in certain things. 2021 for you guys, that was that pickleball party. And here we are about a year and a half, two years later, uh, and you're one of the leaders in the industry. How crazy has that been? And how decisive do you have to be in your decision-making in, in a timely manner? Well, I'll preface that by, you know, telling you that my core business, I have a financial services firm. Um, and I, and separately I invest in, I kind of independently sponsor, you know, one or two private equity deals every year. And, I've, and, and this will tie in, but I have done a fair amount of consumer package good investments. Um, some of them, and they're kind of fun to talk about, like C4, the energy drink, um, Deep Eddie Vodka, uh, Nutribolt, which is a sports nutrition business. We did a women's hair and beauty care business called Kitsch. Um, but one of the things that I've learned in my diligence and investment in, in, in consumer goods is that marketing is super important, but you can easily find yourself in in the trap where you're you you outspend your marketing dollars versus your revenue um and I'll, i'm fine you know there's actually i'm not going to name the brand but it's another one i'm invested in it's a sparkling water but you know they're a mature company right now and they're spending two and a half dollars in ad spend for every two dollars in revenue and that that's a that's an unsustainable model so bringing it back to pello i've tried to be really thoughtful and smart about um organic growth grassroots movement and not going out and raising a bunch of money and trying to make a big splash that ends with like a small dud. Right. So, and I made a ton of mistakes in the process and this is the first consumer business I've ever run, but to your point about making decisions fast, that's really important because um, this, and you, you guys have seen this, this sport changes weekly. I mean, PPA, MLP, we're merging. They're not merging. You know, it's like a big turf war and then they're merging, right? Um, and you saw like, you know, that was an example where a bunch of money like went up in smoke. I mean, it was good for a ton of players, but um, that's going to ultimately, you know, be a challenge for, for both those organizations as they come together and figure out how to, um, how to make money. The good news is you got two billionaires behind it. So it's, it's, it's not a question of solvency. Um, but yeah, it's like, look, tre trends are evolving, uh, technology's evolving, um, players needs and wants are evolving. And so you gotta be really mindful about being at the, at the front of those trends and making fast decisions. And that's really hard. Chelsea and I, who's kind of my right hand in this business, talk about it every day. It's like, what's the next paddle going to be? What's, what are the colors? What, like, what do people want? Um, what, what kind of surfaces? What's the grit? So it's. It's uh, it's being being fast and nimble is important without falling into the see how much money I can spend trap until I run out. <laughs> uh, I wish I had that uh, trap to fall into sometimes. Uh, that's obviously a, a big challenge, maybe the biggest challenge. What you just uh, painted a picture of there when it comes to the, the ever changing landscape, but other challenges that, that you have experienced in that startup phase and you know, kind of st stand out. There's it's such a crowded market of paddles and balls and bags and shoes and all those pieces. So how do you, or, or what was your plan and, or what's been your, your most successful 
uh, plan of attack in standing out in the market, getting people like Jonathan Medina Alvarez to, to come on board and not just come on board and do a couple of videos from his phone, but be all in and help develop paddles? Good question. So, um, and look, reaching your, your consumer is, it's, it, it's, it's become really complicated. You, you've got a lot of, a lot more channels for which to do that than you did 10 years ago through social media. Um, but that's becoming more and more crowded and the fight for eyeballs is it's, it's really nuanced and tricky. And, you know, I initially went out and I spent a, actually it's a lot of money to me on influencers, right. And trying to get, trying to leverage to get my brand exposure through their audiences. And that failed. Um, so I guess to go back to your question, um, I look for really dynamic people, um, that are passionate about the sport that who, whose passion, like they just share, like, I'm like that. If I have a car that I love, I'm going to tell all my friends how awesome my car is. Right. <laughs> Versus another guy who, who loves his car. That's just like, great. I love my car. Like it's, you know, he's not excited about it, but um, but Jonathan's like that. Jason Renner's like that. Um, I've got an ambassador here in Dallas that I just love to death. His name's Kevin Roberts. Like he's like that, you know, loves the product, loves telling people about it. And it's just very natural. Um, and that's uh, so that's that's my approach going out and establishing relationships with really dynamic people that love the sport that uh, whose enthusiasm is contagious. Yeah, I think that goes back, Bill, to what I, I said right when I got off the phone. I think we only talked for a couple of minutes, and I'm like, I like that guy. I can tell he thinks uh, very similar to me. It's the same thing I thought when I met Jonathan for the first time. And, and then, lo and behold, I think that was how ultimately I got to you in the first place. But what I loved with what you did with the Vamos paddle is it was the five, of course, but you also steered that into the V in the, in the Roman numeral but steered it towards the imaging that's important to Jonathan, uh, to his Venezuelan heritage, of course. Uh, Maria Lopez, also a part of that, La Cochina, all those different things. Uh, and I love that. I think that really has set that paddle apart and inspired us really to start that conversation with you about creating an apparel line about it because there's a flair to it that I think draws people back to our initial conversation about the paddles being not attractive. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and Jonathan, he, he, he helped so much in the design of the four, five, and six, uh, five being the Vamos. It would, it would have been a disservice to not uh, put his name on that paddle. How have, uh, the sales been of, of Vamos? I, I know around here, I see them everywhere because, uh, you know, we've got them. Joe plays with one. My business partner plays with one. Actually now a couple of our investors play with them. Uh, how has the reaction been to that rollout? It's our fastest selling paddle. So I just ordered more today and I got to pay extra to airship them because we're selling them too fast. Some of those are Which coming is, to us, I think. So I think I ordered 10 yesterday. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, which, which, uh, I'm very appreciative of and you'll sell the hell out of them. So it sounds like a, a lot of great problems to have. And, and while we're on the paddle subject, I do want to kind of switch gears at least a little bit and, and to, is there anything beyond paddles that Pella is thinking about? I know when I, film training sessions with Jonathan. He has um, bands that he does to warm up with that have the Pelo uh, logo on it. You know, are there other things that you feel like that Pelo mindset, that unique dynamic um, point of view that you're trying to get across with the ambassadors that you have uh, go beyond the paddles and, and maybe some other parts of the pickleball game that Pelo is going to start being uh, known for? I, uh, I want to do a training paddle. Um, that's, I, I think on our horizon, that'll probably be an early Q1, uh, elongated handle with a smaller hitting surface to really help people focus on ball control and contact. Um, the bands, as you mentioned, you know, real, honestly, that was probably a mistake. That's a very commoditized product that, you know, if you Google those things on Amazon, you'll find a thousand sellers probably, um, it's kind of a race to the bottom, but, uh, I want to, uh, continue to expand our apparel line. Um, I want to make, uh, I want to make some, some bag variants, which I'm, which I'm excited about and, uh, ultimately, and eventually maybe cross into uh paddle a little bit. Oh, 
Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's coming to Richmond too, uh, in the next year. So, you know, the bands may, may have been a mistake, but the concept behind them, I don't think was Bill in terms of as the sport gets faster and younger and you have to, you know, be in shape to keep up with the Jonathans and the Jasons of the world on the court. If you're going to play for more than one game, we discussed this with Jonathan. He was actually in your house down in Dallas when we were doing that, but about creating some of those cross training opportunities in terms of the mental, physical strength, along with obviously the pickleball skills and the racket paddle skills that go with them. So I think eventually that might come back around to be one of those pillow signatures in terms of, being out on the front of things, despite maybe that one particular product not taking off. Uh, and it goes back to us talking about being nimble and changing. And, you know, Jonathan passionately talked to me about that program, talked me into it, didn't take very long. Uh, and I really see that as where the sport's going. You know, I think the aspects of it that are there already are going to stay there in terms of the dynamics and the, and the demographics, but there's so much space there in the physical and mental health space. Would you agree with that? And does Pelo through that ambassadorship have plans of, of reaching out in that area? Yeah, no, I totally agree. You're going to see a lot of super cool concepts popping up focused on uh, training and conditioning for pickleball. There's one that just opened up in Dallas that it's like an integrated workout that combines, you know, some strength, strength and agility training and pickleball skill development. So you go in there and you take a class, right? And you're doing push-ups, pull-ups, you know, curls, whatever it is, some band work. And then you're running pickleball drills. You're shooting at targets. Like they've got these giant interactive screens that tell you, you know, if you hit where you're aiming and it's cool. Yeah. You're going to see all kinds of, all kinds of new stuff. Wait a minute. That sounds like the JMA experience <laughs> that we're doing here. You know, it's probably not too dissimilar. And in fact, if Jonathan's got any time when he's here uh, next week, um, as you know, we got a big tournament here next week. I want to take him and introduce him to these guys. But yeah, I've seen a lot of cool stuff popping up. And of course, like because I'm in the pickleball business, you know, I, I get every single pickleball deal sent to me. And they're like, hey, you want to invest in this? I'm like, well, I'm already neck deep in, <laughs> in my stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you just kind of mentioned the, uh, nationals coming in pickleball yeah. nationals coming to Dallas. Uh, those of us that aren't in Dallas, we know that people talk about how great of a pickleball city it is. You're there, you know, you know, the landscape better than we do, uh, John and, and myself. Why is Dallas such a great place for an event like this? Obviously it should be warmer than most places in, in November, but beyond that, they, they really went all out or creating this facility specific for this event all week long. From your perspective, why was that the right choice? Um, one, look, Dallas has, like we're in the middle of the country, we've got a great airport. So everybody's easily or generally within two and a half hours direct flight of Dallas. So that, that helps others. Big city, it's a great city. They've got all the infrastructure, all the hotels and restaurants. Um, this is a great time of year, uh, as you mentioned, just weather-wise. Um, and it doesn't hurt that Tom Dundon lives here, right? Who <laughs> who owns the PBA and uh, and Pickleball Central and um, has has a big foot uh, a big foothold on on uh, on pickleball. Bill Durham, our guest, the founder of Pello. And what has it meant for the brand and for you? You made an investment in Jonathan, and he's made an investment in you, of course, uh, you know, and, and in us at Performance, which we're very appreciative of. And that's manifested on the court um, with the first gold medal ever by a Venezuelan-born player just a few weeks back. Uh, and, you know, Yudit Castillo, who's going to be here with us in December, along with Jonathan, doing that as well. Uh, you know, what is that on-court success for the players that you have invested in meant for your brand recognition? I think it all helps. Um, but honestly, like, and I, I, I applaud their success because they're all badasses, but they, but more importantly, they're good people that are enthusiastic about the sport. So, I mean, I think um, I, I want them all to be number one and win everything, but I, I think they're great stewards of the sport. And that probably makes me most proud. Last thing I want to ask uh, for you, Bill, is about your game, man. How would you describe uh, your play? I mean, you've been at it for a while. I, I just 
you know, I don't know that you and I will ever play, but in case I can get some tidbits. Oh, no, we're getting uh, up here. Getting <laughs> up here. Yeah. I, I want to know what to expect. I mean, self-assessment, where would you put yourself? You guys would totally mutilate me. I don't have time to play anymore. Like, <laughs> just, I, am, I, I spend all my all my time um, working. So, uh, which is which is okay because um, I'm I'm loving it. But I get to if I'm if I get to play once a week, I'm thrilled. But my nights are uh, are my kids and, and 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 you know I'm on the phone. So I'll probably I'm sure I'll talk to Jonathan tonight and Maria and. And who knows? And Kevin Roberts here in Dallas, I want to mention him again because he's been a great supporter. But, you know, one thing about Jonathan, have you guys ever had like a meal with him? Yeah. I've I've never met a guy that can eat more than him, I don't think. Not even like super fat people. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> I will say the place that we took him to when we were talking about and finalizing our sponsorship deal for a meal, we're out of business like less than two weeks later. So there may be some sort of correlation. Yeah. yeah it's because it was a buffet and he totally, <laughs> he totally busted their model. <laughs> well, Bill, we'll get you out of here on this one. Cause we know you are super busy and we appreciate uh, you giving the time. And so do our listeners here on the stack as we get this thing going. I just want to let people know, like we, we've talked about this from the beginning performance pickball is definitely going to be a pillow shop. Uh, Jonathan Medina Alvarez, our resident head professional, Jason Renner, who's right alongside him uh, on our professional staff. They go out and represent, of course, nationally, but right here in Richmond. Uh, and so when I was ordering our first pillow order, I just got everything, if you know. <laughs> so we'll have, we'll have everything uh, that pillow has to offer right here in Richmond. And I'm really excited. I know it got shipped yesterday and uh, I'm sitting here waiting for it to come. So I wanted to thank you, man. For people that don't know you, you're incredibly easy to work with. You're incredibly laid back uh, and down to earth and, and we appreciate that look forward to, to growing it together well you better have all that stuff tomorrow i think that went out monday it should have and uh i hope you invite me to your grand opening when is that oh i thought that was implied yeah the, <laughs> yeah that's uh december 20th uh the pickleball uh jonathan of course oh yeah you castillo and uh yeah you absolutely need to be up here and uh you can wax joe and that'll prove non-prophetic in terms of oh, that shit yeah, yeah i don't <laughs> hey i've been training with jonathan so watch out man i you know actually, this first tournament in january the first ever 12 court dedicated indoor facility tournament here uh and jonathan's gonna make him play open division we don't know how that's gonna go ah, ooh, neither do i neither do i uh uh, if if anything, I'll what I'll learn from sounds like I should learn from from Jonathan is how to eat well. So if nothing, else, that's what I'll learn during our training sessions. Bill, brother, appreciate you, man. All right, thanks, guys. Once again, a big performance. Thank you to Bill Durham for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk with us and also talk to you about what's going on with Pello, the journey behind it, and where things are going uh, ahead. And honestly, just adding validity to everything you said before the interview, uh, talking to him there. Very easy. And I finally see him in uh, his face. I've talked to him over the phone, but nothing's different. Like you said, it's just, just a great guy. Well, when you say someone's a great dude like I did previously, and clearly you can hear that from Bill, we appreciate his time and the relationship that we, we now have between performance and pillow. It doesn't mean that they're not competitive and they don't have that fire, right. um, and they definitely do. I think you get that sense as well. I, my biggest takeaway from that, and Bill and I actually hadn't talked about that previously, was that there is that desire when you see something and then you're like, I like that, I want to be a part of it, but that aspect of it, I think I can bring my strengths and, and my, and my vision to, and, and improve it. And we're not always right <laughs> when it comes to that. And he was uh, very candid about some of the mistakes they've made. I have made plenty, uh, in the tournaments that we've created and the modeling off some of the things that performance already, uh, I will candidly admit that to you, but you, you go forward with that belief, um, that it's ultimately going to be for the betterment of, of the sport and for those that are your customers. And our, our brands are certainly aligned in that way. If you guys want to get involved with uh, Pello at all, you can follow them on social media, Pello Paddles uh, specifically, or head over to their website, uh, Pello.life, uh, and check out the apparel that Bill was talking about and, of course, the great line of paddles uh, as well. Or, you know, consult your local JMA store and see if he has some paddles uh, around that you might be just able wait to. Just wait and buy them here. <laughs> I, I <laughs> that's ordered, true. You could I just ordered work. all of their stock. Yeah, so. there you go. That's that's good. All right, let's uh, with that, let's wrap things up. It's time for Game Point. And uh, John has already told me 
that you, you guys better be in the long haul for this because he's got a lot of things to uh, <laughs> catch us up on and, and, and get us prepared for in the future. Yeah, you know, I think Bill said it there a few minutes ago. He's like, the sport is changing weekly, and it is. Um, you have to be ready to to change and, and add things to that. Um, this is a micro version of that. Obviously, performance is already well-crafted and, and well down the road, but that doesn't mean we're not adding elements to it. So a couple of things that we've added in the last week, I believe I teased this a while back, but we finalized the plans. We will be bringing Santa Claus. Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! He has not visited Regency in quite some time. I talk to people all the time that grew up around here when Regency was the retail beacon and really carried that holiday spirit and they came here either as kids themselves to see Santa or brought their children here to see Santa. Santa's coming back. Santa brunch on December 16th and I want to emphasize this is not, this is the real Santa. Like this is actually <laughs> Santa Claus and uh, we are working on some graphic representation of it. You're going to see it and be like, oh my God, that's actually Santa that Claus. Is and it is. Yes. And Real Life Studios are friends that many have gotten to know at our tournaments and events. They're awesome people. They're going to help us host that. Uh, we've priced it very affordably. You, you know, come get pictures, come get breakfast. Just obviously we're just a few days away from Christmas at that point. So excited about that. And beyond that, we've also rolled out our entire uh, events menu in terms of what we're going to have available for corporate outings and parties and uh, charity tournaments that we're really excited about hosting here and uh, you can contact Renee Laser at events at ppbrva.com if you have questions on that. We'll be posting that online and, of course, all of our social media channels as well. But mm-hmm. those are already filling up. I think we've started booking as far out as June of 2024 already for those things. So really excited about that. And then I do want to let you know, Joe, uh, that our guest next week will be Derek Crage who is, of course, uh, one half of the Crage Cash Dynamic Duo cast, yeah. Dynamic Duo, representing the Roanoke Ruckus, but he's also the founder and captain of the Virginia Tech uh, Collegiate Club team in Blacksburg, whom we sponsor and support as well. And he and I have collaborated on creating a uh, Collegiate Cup here at Performance. Oh, sweet. Uh, that's going to come your way in February. Yeah. So he and I talked about that about three hours ago, and I'm just going to go ahead and announce it. We're going <laughs> to do it, uh, and we're hopefully going to have eight or ten schools here represented and uh, grow the game that's that way. That's phenomenal. Now, these schools, are they all club representative? Like, there's obviously, there's no NCAA pickleball at the moment, so they're all clubs, Yeah, it's right? pretty cool. I mean, And Derek will talk about it next week, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're already traveling and competing and uh, training and uh, growing facilities, which is really cool. And, and I think that, yeah, it's not like we were talking about the Olympics earlier, it's not an NCAA sanctioned in terms of, of being sport that way, but a club sport growing rapidly. I think they'll look at that in the coming years. But yeah, we again, he'll elaborate on it, but planning on inviting um, a number of schools from the state of Virginia, of course, but the surrounding area as well. Heck yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that's the uh, uh, only way to grow the sport permanently is for you know, people of that age. Uh, to get into it and to, to put it on a, a larger scale for people uh, that are trying to not f- see that it's a real thing and just make them see it, make, force them to know that this is uh, this is sticking around for, for a long, long time. Uh, you mentioned social media. I'll mention it too, PPBRVA, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, videos and reels and shorts and stories and all those things being posted all the time to make sure that you're aware of all the things that are uh, coming up here at Performance. And also, uh, I, I've mentioned where to go for memberships, that website, PPBRVA. Also, where you go to sign up for this newsletter. And uh, it came out last week, or it's been it's been out, but the most recent one, talking about Kitchen RVA and what you expect there, the pickleball itself that's happening in, in December, that pickleball resolution tournament as well we've already mentioned uh, on the show. All that information, I got a text from a friend that, had a picture of the the last piece here about the stack and it's like hey i know that guy so there are people who didn't even know he knows that me that's cool he did <laughs> he does uh didn't even know that there was a podcast but they got the newsletter and now they know and they'll be tuning into the podcast so it's working yeah, it's incredible. If for anyone who's ever done like constant contact or sent out, um, you know, any sort of form newsletter, the open rate on those is usually like twenty five percent. I got the report of seventy nine percent off that newsletter, Whoa. which led me to two. Uh, 
two things in that. One is that we haven't sent out enough information, so people are like, where in the hell? What's happening? The updates, and uh, two, the excitement level is really high. So, no question. Uh, yeah, all those things are there. If you want to be on that uh, newsletter list, by the way, you can sign up on our website, ppbrva.com. But, uh, yeah, it's coming by the hour, man. It, it's just – it's I've never been a part of anything like this, honestly. It's, it's, it's really, really a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. I just – as the days get closer, you know, you can start to envision just showcasing. People think they know. They they just don't know. Like, what, what is, it's so damn cool. It's so cool. I, and I'm very grateful to be a part of it as well. Uh, and for those of you out there listening, you've been a part of the couple last couple of weeks of uh, here episodes here on the stack. Um, I'll do a better job of teasing this some other time. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to just go back to last week's poll and Q&A, just so that since people did respond, uh, our poll last week was, or last episode, I should say, how do you track your pickleball workout? Remember we were talking about how Apple Watches uh, has data that pickleball is the fastest-growing racket sport in the world. Uh, their 50% were Apple Watch and 50% voted pain level of my back is how that they how they track their pickleball workout so if the back's hurting uh i've either pushed it too far or i just you know need to to slow down a little bit how about you john do you use a fancy watch or your body no i don't use a watch i just use my hydration level where it's like i'm no longer sweating anymore i'm probably <laughs> probably done for the yeah, day that's a good good one but no back pain definitely for those of us that suffer from that as <laughs> a thing but uh speaking of announcements we're going to be announcing a number of uh, or a couple of I should say uh people that can help you with that from a stretching perspective ah see we're we're teasing we don't even realize that we're, we're I realize teasing, that was teasing. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then uh thanks for uh to um hokey 89 um for responding to our Q&A uh, about uh, are you a member? Why sign up before we open? And if not, what will you want to see slash experience before making that decision? Uh, he is a member. Can't wait for the opening. And also stated that Renee Laser rocks. So shout out to see, our here's event my favorite planner. thing. I've gotten so good at like identifying people that don't use their name as their handle. <laughs> That's our man Chris Barry uh-huh, right there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yes, he's having a group outing that Renee is organizing for him in early December. You rock, Chris. Uh, and obviously, as you can tell, he's Virginia Tech uh, supporter, so he'll be excited about our guest next week. Yes, he will. That's right. Next week, right here on the stack, will be uh, available for you wherever you get your podcast starting at 7 a.m. Next Thursday, we'll be uh, with Derek Kreich and talking about that exciting opportunity with performance and the Virginia Tech Club pickleball team. Until then, he's John Laser on his phone getting ready for the next uh, thing that he needs to do because he's a busy, busy man. I'm Joe Hutzler. i got to get home, eat some spaghetti, and edit. I was checking my discounts from Total Wine is what I was doing. <laughs> busy man. you got to have some <laughs> things to get through this busy time. It makes perfect sense. Thank you all so much for listening to The Stack. Uh, until next time, take it easy. <laughs>